Hello, and welcome to Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today is always your host, Evan Sider, and as always, I'm joined by co host Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at eSider. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Also, make sure for all Locked On Suns Twitter page at Locked On PHX Suns. Your supporter there is always very much appreciated. So, Brendan, we are live from Tokyo Resort Arena, as usual, for our usual game recaps. And wow, what a game that was. 102 100 was the final score. Devin Booker turned to Devin Booker in the, clu- in the crunch time. About two minutes left. Get out of his way. Had two huge buckets there in the final moments. Mikhail Bridges, who we've been standing for for the past few weeks, had his breakout game tonight. 14 points, four or five on threes, two steals and a block. And DeAndre Ayton was only had nine points, but he also had eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, and, zero, and two block shots, but only on four shot attempts, almost like Clint Capello, so to say, in his kind of role. So, I'll throw it to you, and I'll obviously do my own spiel. What was your overall takeaways from the Suns' win? I mean, I think Igor Kokoshkov said it in his post-game press conference. Just um, He said it a lot of times, finding lineups that really work, ones that you can lean on in times like this when it's basically tied and there's not a lot of time left. You guys, You have guys with fouls, you're turning the ball over, and you just have some shot to win the game and I mean you and I were talking about it as well I think they found that lineup now it might not be Bridges every night because obviously TJ Warren was out tonight um, with lower back spasms but it worked not only in the fourth quarter but throughout the game they went to that lineup a couple times and I think it's one of their best ones and that was my biggest thing to see that for like the last eight ten minutes of the game all, all five of those guys playing together um, the starters with Bridges was incredible. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bridges played the last 18 minutes of that game, checked in six minutes left in the third quarter per the play-by-play stats. So it was awesome to see him get this extended run. He didn't play at all in the first quarter, by the way. So he logged 25 and a half minutes over the last three quarters, 18 straight minutes to close the game. So I think for me, I guess we'll start my free throws. And I don't want to take your thunder if he was yours, but it's obviously for me, Mikhail Bridges. 14 points, two steals, and a block shot four or five from three, five, six from the field. Devin Booker, not only Igor Koshka read about him after the game, he said he's a reliable guy who's always going to be, I, mean, I don't know if he said always, but he's a guy who's going to be relied upon a lot in crunch time. And, and then we got into the locker room after, after we talked to Igor and Devin just raved about Mikhail. He absolutely raved about him. So I think from here on out, we're probably going to see a lot more Mikhail Burrs. And I think Igor is probably going to have to play him at least 20, 20, 25 minutes per game from here on out because I don't know how you can after tonight. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he he did have a couple. I mean, he said it as well, Bridges himself, in the locker room just now. There was a couple blow-bys that he contributed to. Conley, the game-tying bucket after Booker's first make, was uh, a switch on, on Bridges. But compared to what he's competing against, you know, he's standing out in a big way. So, I mean, he obviously is the big one, so... We, we have to touch on him. My other one, I guess, if I had to pick a, a player, would be Trevor Ariza. Um, not so much because of any one number or anything, but he was basically, if you think about it today, the starting three and the backup four. He played 39 minutes, and that could have been even more. Um, Ryan Anderson stayed in the game a little bit longer than I would have had it, but Trevor's at 39 minutes, so I, I understand. But there was a lot of times in, with the offense early in the game today where it would kick over to him with five six seconds left on the clock and and he made it um whether it was an open three but even drives to the basket he had five assists tonight his stat line overall if you do look at it looks a lot like what it looked like against the mavericks a lot of assists high shooting percentage um and he played with an energy that we haven't seen in a while i think he was 
happy to be playing a competitive game again for the first time in a while, and it showed. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't want to take it back to Bridges too much here, but we obviously saw a reason Bridges closed that game on the wing. Those guys were communicating the most I've seen. Those guys obviously seem to be clicking together on the court. What would you do with those two guys? Would you play Ariza more at the four and Bruce at the three? Yeah, I think Ariza should be the backup four, um, or I mean, whatever you want to call it. But I think the easiest way to make kind of everything click would be less minutes for Anderson. Um, I don't know if TJ starting or coming off the bench really makes too much of a difference, but his 25 to 28 minutes and then Ariza won't have to play that much if Warren's in and bring Anderson down a little bit. Yeah. I think we're kind of starting to see the mix that makes some sense. Totally agree with you there. I think there's definitely going to be so a little more tweaking in the rotation after tonight's big game for Mikhail Bridges. But my second free throw is actually going to be – it's a little tough here because there wasn't too many big games, so to say. I mean, Booker went off in the fourth quarter there, but not many as gaudy stat lines. But for me, it's going to be Booker because, man, what, what else can you say? The guy's – a monster in clutch time. He did it again tonight. He did it against Dallas. He did it multiple times last year. So the guys advance even more. 7 of 17. He was awful in the first quarter, first yeah. half of that game. Caught fire in the fourth quarter. Also got to the line 10 times again. So I think the free throws and the threes, eight, eight three point attempts, 10 free throw attempts, those are numbers that continuously rise. And his it, stat line looks like the Mavs game as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think in the fourth quarter, he scored 14. Um, four of six from the field and five of six from the line, if I added it up I right. Think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, just incredible. And played like the last 10 minutes of the game, had five fouls the entire fourth quarter, got switched on to Conley. And that was going to be one of the things I pointed out was even with the five fouls, but at other points too, his defense was much, much better. I, I thought that in the first half before he even had the five fouls. Um, obviously, he was fouling too much, and that's not great, and he had some of the same lapses as the whole team did, but individually, when he was in those situations, he stood up a lot better. They were switching a lot more today than normal, and so I think he held up. Maybe that's something that works a little better. Maybe we see more switching because certain guys were, I think, better in that situation. Kanan would be another. He got switched on to Gasol a couple times, and their rotations were pretty solid to recover from that, so... Um, yeah, Booker overcoming. I think he was four of thirteen at one point, or something terrible, and he uh, he recovered amazingly and obviously took the game home. Not just one, but two clutch shots. Yeah, that was amazing to watch in the last six seconds of that game. But what's your second free throw? Um, yeah, mine would be. I think I'll go. Yeah, it, it it was just kind of a weird game, a slow game. They made some of the same exact mistakes they've made in blowout losses, but they won. So. I would say the, the the closing unit of the third quarter, and that was Akobo, Crawford, um, Jackson, Bridges, and Holmes. I think if I'm if yeah, I'm remembering it right, so. and those guys, it looked like we were just talking before we started recording when Book picked up his fifth foul, and and then Aiton also had to leave the game just because he was you know normal rest pattern or normal substitutions. It felt like the game was over, but that random group of five guys, all young except for Crawford all bench guys kind of made it work just enough cobbled together a run that kept it close and then obviously the fourth quarter booker really stole the game so just as far as unexpected I feel like I have to go with that group and I talked to Holmes for a minute after the game and he you know said that they can kind of feel that opportunity happening especially for him with Tyson Chandler being bought out but yeah just awesome to see a random group of guys come together when 
the groups of guys you expect to do well haven't even been able to do that over the last seven games. You could just tell in the locker room there, and also Booker spoke on it, just they hope to build off this, if this is a momentum thing. And they have Brooklyn coming in. They just destroyed Philadelphia. But if they can beat Brooklyn, that, I think that's going to be a positive momentum swing for the team. But for me, I'll, I'll just start off here with my flagrant foul. And it's tough between two guys here. I know I'm kind of going off script here with players, but I think if I had to go with my worst flagrant foul guy, I would go with Josh Jackson, even though he did have a 100% from the field. Two of two, only took two shots in 13 and a half minutes, but four turnovers, two fouls, minus 15. Everyone else was the worst plus minus outside of him was minus four for Elio Kobo. So you can kind of tell right away that when Jackson's out there, he's a negative, even, even still. Like the shot selection is still crazy. I don't like it how much he's doing the mid range stuff, but Bridges plus five, Jackson minus 15 kind of tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it was a big story. I mean, Jackson was part of that group. Yeah, I'm, I'm tr- now I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure he was part of that group that I just mentioned. So well, he, he was, yeah. yeah, he did have that little run, but I just saw that minus 15, and I was thinking, how could he have? But, I, yeah, he was out there, and it was weird. We were talking during the game how a guy shooting perfect from the field and not really making any glaring statistical mistakes but just continues to kind of hijack the offense, make just puzzling decisions. He had one pass where we all were just like what in the world he basically is trying to throw a entry pass to Aiton in the post but Gasol was in front of Aiton not the other way around and uh, it went right into Gasol's hands and they they got a layup out of it the Grizzlies so just continues to struggle and it's one of the more confusing parts of the season but I agree I mean he despite making every shot he took and all that it's just a a weird bad game again what's your flagrant foul I mean I would say not a bad game for Mayton, but just a weird one. It's tough to, tough to necessarily have a problem. I would just point out his five turnovers. Um, and it's not even necessarily a flagrant foul because I don't think he played a, a bad game by any means. But um, just to highlight the attention he was getting in the post, there were almost instant doubles. Yeah. And Gasol was very aggressive defensively. Yeah, yeah. And um, smart play by a lot of defenders on their part. Shelvin Mack snatched the ball out of his hands, I think, in the first first or second quarter um, on a double in the post there. But you look at the six assists for him, he made the most of those opportunities sometimes, but just a, a different look than he's used to where he's getting rid of the ball almost as soon as he gets it and trying to make those reads in the middle of a, a really good defense. So, again, not a bad game, but I think they – might not have had to make it so close tonight if he had been his usual scoring self but you know a win's a win I guess I guess we can transition to our final segment here our number stat to watch and for me I would have gone with the fast break points if they would have lost this game but I think the three-point percentage kind of stands out to me 14 of 32 they did reach the 33 pointer threshold 43.8 percent from three and that's I think it's the first time in a couple weeks where it's been over 40 percent so what's that say about guys like I know a reason only shot like 33 percent but Guys like Isaiah Cannon, three of five. Jamal, or not Jamal Crawford, Mikhail Bridges, four of five. What does that say about those guys? I mean, it's pretty much those two guys were the snipers tonight, but those spacers are really valuable. Yep, and uh, Booker hit a three in the fourth quarter as well. I would say Cannon and Bridges, though, especially having when you have both of those guys on the court, plus the obvious attention that's paid to Trevor Ariza, who I already mentioned was taking advantage of that space. I think it it really worked well for them. That's why the really the spacing is why that closing unit makes so much sense why it's better than ryan anderson or tj warren on the court in crunch time because there's legitimately four shooters out there not guys who sometimes can shoot and yeah. so 
Um, I, I think it says a lot. But uh, my flagrant foul, or I'm sorry, my uh, stat to watch would be on the other side, and that's uh, just the terrible shooting night. And this really is the story of the game because, like I said, 24 turnovers for the Suns yet again, only 25 assists, fast break points completely favored the Grizzlies. A lot of the same mistakes, but the, the two guys that needed to come through for the Grizzlies and they counted on over and over in the fourth quarter, Marcus All and Mike Conley shot five of 29 wow. combined. Um, like I said, credit to Devin Booker in the fourth quarter. A lot of his defensive possessions isolated on Conley were pretty successful. Ayton did a decent job on Gasol, who kept bombing from three. Made, took four threes, made none of them. Um, so some, some weird shot selections, some weird decisions on those guys' part. But anytime you can hold two All-Stars to five of 29 shooting, you're going to win. And I think that's really why the Suns did it. But that's that was the definitely the most important stat for me especially when you see other guys like Dylan Brooks, Shelvin Mack, random bench scorers come out come alive and really put up a heap of points to have those stars not do it was really the story of the game for sure and I think this a much needed win for the Phoenix Suns tonight they improved two and seven they end a six game or excuse me a seven game losing streak after the opening night win over the Dallas Mavericks the Grizzlies fall to five and three on the season with like you said really bad nights for Marcus All and Mike Conley shooting the ball but that'll be it for today's episode unless you wanted to touch anything else no uh big couple of home games still so yeah. I mean they were optimistic but we got two more that they I mean, I don't know about Boston, but Brooklyn, I think... If there's every- a must-win, I think Brooklyn's a must-win. Yeah, I mean, they can't lose to teams, like I've said before, they can't lose to teams that have equal talent or less talent than them, and I think Brooklyn's an example of that. So at home, on a day of rest, you hope that they can, can continue the momentum. Alrighty, that'll do it for today's episode, guys. Appreciate you listening, and as always, the Suns win 102-100. The final score, we'll be back with you tomorrow with Anthony Puccio of Nets Daily to preview the Nets game.